This is episode 000018. Ah, freedom. Coming to you from America. <laughs> <laughs> this oh. is the tone control. I almost forgot to do the end part. <laughs> That's great because you're back in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's layers, layers. <laughs> I have all these euros yeah. and kroner upstairs. Oh, and pounds. I have leftover coins, basically from all three countries: euro, pounds, <laughs> and kroner. By the way, kroner is terrifying because it's such a, a huge value disparity that, like, you know, a sandwich costs like like hundreds of kroner. (laughs) Yeah. Like you go, like we, in the airport, like we got coffee when we arrived and it was like coffee and like a, a bagel or whatever was like, we spent like 1400 kroner on the two of us for breakfast. And so it's like, I mean, that's a normal price, but it just (laughs) feels like, like they tell you it's like, it was like 1470. And I was like, Oh my God. (laughs) But there's a coin for 200, you know? Okay, yeah. You know, there's bills yeah. for it's a like, thousand. Yeah. And that's just right. the bills you have in your pocket, you know. So Right. Nobody nobody thinks here about like it's a hundred pennies. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So that's Iceland. I have a new room. Yeah. I might sound a little different, maybe. Maybe? I, probably not. Microphone testing. I, I wonder the if you'll be echoier. Maybe there's not a lot in here yet, so it's yeah. it might be kind of echoey. Might have a little. Um, more as echo. I was going to tell you, like right before when we started, that I decided to wait. Mm-hmm. We just moved uh, next door to a uh, craft beer store. No shit. No shit, and I'm well. That now. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I told people at work, and they were like, "All right, well, have a nice afternoon." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Uh, so they don't carry any of the big names, which is cool. Oh, cool! Uh, all all microbrew stuff. So I'm drinking Hop Nosh IPA. Wow! Tonight. I wish I had this some good. Hop Nosh. It's good. It's from Utah. Wow! They have beer in mm. Utah. Yep. <laughs> Turns out. Yep. Yeah. Apparently, they did have some crazy drinking laws until recently. So. I know, I know you're trying to make a joke, but it's well. actually something that happened. <laughs> well, yeah. So I guess we're so, a, we're a week late recording. Whatever. Because you were on vacation. Yeah, and then you moved. And I moved. So there was uh, things were a little up in the air, but that's fine. But we're back. And yeah. um, hey, the last episode, by the way, stinks. Yeah, somebody <laughs> said that on Reddit. Sorry, man. This one's this one stinks, and I was like, Yep. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> And all I could think of was like, uh, if I if I was listening to this like as a you know listener of a guitar podcast, would it bother me that much? And I still kind of want to do it again. I think, but we, <laughs> we could probably do it do it better. Yeah, and it's it, it was a long one too, which you know that, yeah that can be tough. It was but probably more especially fun for like, us that were there. You know, it's yes. probably kind of sucks. Like the audience listening is like, oh well, 
this is a party I wasn't at. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't invited. Yeah. <laughs> but we're back. And it's episode and, hey, 18. Full, we'll, we'll issue a full refund for anyone who's dissatisfied with the last episode. So yeah. <laughs> suck it. <laughs> uh, That's so, how yeah. I feel about that. So how's moving? Uh, it's all right. You know, when you work from home and have to move where you live, you also move where you work. And right. that's way more stressful than I realized. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's okay. That's all back to normal now. But, that's good. Uh, yeah. Well, my schedule filled place. right up as soon as I stepped back in and told told all my clients I'm back. And, uh, you know, so I got all this stuff dumped on and kind of worked a few long, long days and then some new clients showed up and hasn't really slowed down since. So I don't know, like uh, a couple of days ago I was doing this rap EP, but it's, well, I should say it's a hip hop EP, but it's this new thing. And I don't know if you've heard of this. I had not. It like, doesn't have a beat. There's like, there's music underneath, but it's like classical music. Oh. And in fact, like I recognized a couple of the pieces that the guy sampled. And so it's, it's more like spoken word, I guess, because it's it's very hmm. not rhythmic. Like um, there's not not a strong rhythm. Yeah, underlying. like the music yeah. is pretty quiet underneath it. Like it's very vocal. Like it's wow. and it's not well, you know, it's not rhythmic. Like it doesn't. It's very. It's spoken there's, there's, word. There's like, like a different kind of pace to it. Right. He changes the pace depending on the line and stuff like that. So huh. did that, and then this morning was over at a different studio doing country. So. Lots of stuff. Oh, it's fun because you're in the South's hat. Because <laughs> I'm in the South's <laughs> hat. That's right. So we used to do all kinds of stuff. Um, but it's nice. cool, busy, but but cool. And I barely had time to play with my last pedal that I've gotten um, from Pedal Genie. By the way, this episode brought to you by Pedal Genie. Go to pedalgenie.com/slash/tone-control to get all your pedal wishes granted. Lots of cool news from Pedal Genie coming up later, so yeah. stick around. Not just your usual commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> so don't fast forward. <clears throat> um, I have one up that I, or one thing that I thought was an update from last week. We mentioned that uh, a bunch of stuff from Positive Grid was being updated uh, in between the last episode and now they announced that Bias is going to be a desktop app. And I thought that was just kind of like a little, by the way, we're moving this over to the desktop. Right. Like, Bias is the kind of thing. It's the amp model, right? Where you could change yeah. the tubes and stuff like that. And even even the, the bias of the amp and stuff. Right, right. All, all that little detail. Turns out this is way more involved than I thought. It's not just something kind of like Pod Farm, but better. It's got way more control, and it's kind of treated more like a plugin for your uh, for your DAW workstation. You know, wow. Well, DAW that, that's like pin number DAW workstation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I probably just committed the ultimate offense. Oh well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> There's this whole thing going around now where people are saying, "Do you say DAW or do you say DAW?" And every oh. most people seem to have a virulent hate for one or the other way of saying it. <laughs> Huh. So I can't tell which is more popular, honestly. Uh, well, the first time I heard it was from you. Yeah. And it was, you said DAW. And I, I, was like, I, always okay. say, I always say DAW. And I didn't even realize this was a controversy until a few weeks ago. Apparently some people get mad about DAW and they want me to say D-A-W. Hmm. Whatever. Your workstation then. Yeah. 
Anyway, this has stuff like we were talking about those Kemper profiling apps last time yeah. with um, the guys from Vessel. This new version of Bias can do that. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Um, I, I saw like this guy was kind of a being like, does it match? Does it sound like mm-hmm. this amp I have? Yeah. And he recorded a passage and it's like, okay, here's the, here's the original, here's the amp. And let me play it again into the profiler. Like you just play the same riff or yeah. you play into the, the thing and it analyzes basically. And then you play back through it, I guess like your, your playback is goes back out after it's been modeled. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Um, and he was kind of toggling back and forth between the two. And let me just let me just say that like the the difference is way more clear in headphones to me than it was on my desktop speakers. Like okay. desktop speakers, it was like, did you change it? Like I couldn't even tell. Right and now, it's like, oh okay, now I can tell. I don't know if one is better or worse. Yeah, um, it sounded like the I modeling. I don't know that amp well enough. Right. The comparing the two, the model had less, a little less on the very top top end. Like mm-hmm. it sounded like the presence knob was rolled down and maybe a little less high end on the high knob right. kind of thing. So I, it looks like what he does is he records a pass with his amp and then he feeds that recorded piece of audio into the plugin as the source that it needs to match, you know, the target. I guess the window said target on it. And then he plays direct through the this patch that he got pretty close like he basically designed a patch that sounded pretty close and bias and then let it do the rest to get it as close as possible um and the results I don't know I guess he seemed to think they were pretty awesome I didn't think it was I mean it wasn't exact I could tell the difference like I said it was yeah. it was duller didn't have as much right. high end as the real amp did, which is weird because his starting patch had way more high end than the real amp. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, the approximate tone he, that he got. I bet though, with more tweaking than the three minutes that video is, you could probably do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It seems like they're he's shortening the process for the sake of the video, but um, right. It seems more to me like this is. A feature for approximating a tone in a direct thing. It's it's not yeah. It's not like the Kemper amp. You go in, you sample an amp, and you've basically got a computerized model of that amp. Yeah. you know that you can take onto the road or go on tour or something. I mean, like I said last time, the fact that this technology exists in any <laughs> capacity is like totally mind blowing to me. Yeah. And like somebody thought of a way to do this and get it. Pretty darn close, and here we are, like nitpicking. Like it doesn't have as much high end, but like, yeah, really, it's pretty <laughs> incredible stuff. I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm sure in a few years' time, this will, yeah, get um, even better. So, yeah. All right. Well, all that's right. Updates and errata. We have a lot of news. We do. We, Let's do. We it. say that all the time, but <laughs> there's this quite time a few. there's like Let's we, have, not we do- have a lot of news, and we have a, a question. Oh, at the end, so, so we better um, not dawdle. Doddle? Doddle. Is that like like Dilly Dally? Dilly Dally, yeah. Doddle. I've never heard Doddle until right now. (laughs) Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you know, wasting time. Doddle, huh? Yeah. My my whole world is upside down. Am I a weird (laughs) hillbilly? Did I make that up? (laughs) (laughs) Cincinnati has changed you. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty sure that phrase is from my childhood. Anyway, hmm. hey, up first, electroharmonics. The B9 organ machine. 
I got to play one of these. No kidding. Yeah. I, I watched um, the video. I this thing sounds wild. Yeah. I cannot believe I, how much like an organ it actually sounds. Yeah, so you know the pog can make organ sounds. Mm-hmm. This is kind of that idea, but all organ. Yeah. Like the the pog can do all the other crazy octave things. This is like really focused on sounding like an organ. Uh, and I got to play one. And I also, oh, I played it through that Fender Vaporizer that we talked about a long time ago. Oh, too, yeah. Which is a cool little amp. Wicked. Side Sidebar, no master volume. Vaporizer <laughs> circuit's completely useless. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, does it just does it just blow you out of the water as soon as you turn it on? It just completely destroys the room. It's, <laughs> it's so loud. <laughs> it's, like a four, it's like a 35, I don't remember how many watts it is, but it's a 210 and then they just... You just go jack to speaker, basically, and it is so oh loud. <laughs> it's well, basically a get get the rest of your band to shut up switch. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, that's so, kind of cool. Anyway. Anyway, I got to play this thing, and it's really interesting, like the way it changes, like the the feel of your guitar coming out of the amp and like how it sits in your hands and stuff. It's totally different. Yeah. Oh. It's very, like an organ, it's got a very on-off sort of feel right and they like you have signal like, and then you don't and they put in like there's a knob for the clicks like the percussive yeah. sound of the organ too like yeah. there's what is there like nine different organ presets nine, yeah nine organ sounds and some of them have tremolo or like rotary speaker modulation and there's a mod wheel for you to kind of increase that depth or the speed or whatever it is wow unfortunately it doesn't have expression pedal input mm-hmm. which i think is a huge oversight it but, seems that way. Yeah, I I smell a circuit mod. I mean, that would be It would be easy, right? All you got to do is go in and put a jack that when connected replaces that mod wheel, that that mod yeah. pot with a with an expression pedal. Cuz that's part of the thing that made like rotary speakers really cool is that they would ramp up slowly. Yeah. So like you said, nine organ sounds, it's got five knobs, dry volume, organ volume, so you can blend in your dry signal, which is okay. really cool. Yeah. Um, a modulation control, like I said, and then the uh, the click, the key click sound. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then the the nine organ sounds are on a rotary selector. So you've got also two outputs, one dry, one organ, and it's on a standard nine volt adapter, which is included. It was really interesting, though. It had like this. Some of the organ sounds had this weird, like self oscillating kind of sound, mm-hmm. like a self oscillating delay. Like it would just kind of get more and more out of control until you mute and then it's completely dead, totally full stop. Wow. Um, and it would also like, it would sustain forever. Like as long as you had like just a little bit of signal, it was just as loud. It wouldn't drop in volume at all. Like a guitar as you strum and let go. Yeah. Decays, no decay on this. It was really interesting. just like, like then, an organ. Yeah. It'd be. On. Yeah. And then as you, as your string naturally slows to a stop, it would just kind of fizzle out and turn off. Wow. I, yeah. I I loved watching the video because um, the guy's playing what sounds like organ lines, you know, like yeah. hitting those same sorts of rhythms and the chords. Boy, it handled chords beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounded sounded just like a hand on an on an organ keyboard. It was wild. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't sound exactly like it, you know, A B. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you A B them, you'd totally be able to it, tell. But it's it doesn't what, sound what like a guitar effect approximating an organ. It sounds like right. an organ. Yeah. So the nine sounds are fat and full, jazz, gospel, classic rock, bottom end, octaves, cathedral, continental, and bell organ. 
Wow. So, and a few of those have uh, modulation uh, on them, whether it be tremolo or rotary, mm-hmm. like I said. Really interesting pedal, though. It was really fun to, to play around with. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd buy one. I'd probably, I said to Scott at Aircraft, I would probably buy a POG and, yeah. and learn how to make it sound like an organ. And Boy, then be I, able to do all the other crazy pog stuff too. Yeah, but I mean that's that's like true. all right. That's a, that's a good point. Like I don't I don't need nine organ sounds on my pedal board. I need well, one probably. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, right. You'll probably pick your favorite. Well, like when we were playing in a band, I, I would switch between a keyboard and a guitar. I would have loved to have this. I probably would never have played it on the actual keyboard if I had one of these pedals because I. <laughs> You probably remember it. I was like painstakingly dialing in this distortion on my organ sound in the yeah. computer, trying to get a realistic one when I could have just fed this into my distortion pedal <laughs> and gotten exactly what I wanted through my tube amp, you know, which is exactly what I wanted was an organ into a kind of distorted tube amp, which is this, this I don't know if it's the ultimate sound. I don't, I don't know if anybody realizes that, but <laughs> it's the ultimate sound. Um, I would have been excited to have this in place of that. Mm. It would have made me not want to play the keyboard in those songs. If you get to try one out, it's it's worth playing around with. I definitely left there like, ha, huh, neat. Yeah. Never going to own it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I got to try it, but mm-hmm. uh, not for me. All right. So. Well, what's but yeah, the Electro Harmonics B9. Check it out. What's the price on this? Do we know? Oh, uh, I don't remember. It's I think about 150. If mm-hmm. I had to guess. Um, EHX's stuff keeping the prices has been, low. They're keeping the prices low. We mentioned that a few weeks ago. I hope they don't fall um, apart. Yeah. They're keeping their prices low, especially considering they're made in the US. Mm. Yeah. So America. Good for them. America. Yeah. America. Hey, hey, what's happy next? Fourth. Happy late. Oh. Yeah. Uh <laughs> meh. Freedom. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so what, what the heck is this I just clicked on? Uh, this, this, what the heck? What the heck? What the heck is it's this? The third, tell me about it. What the heck? It's the third man bumble buzz by Union Tube and Transistor. You guys better get over to Chicago Music Exchange because there's only one in stock. And it's $325. It looks like it has no knobs. <laughs> Tell me about this pedal. You would be correct in that assumption, Justin. <laughs> oh, it's not an assumption. I have a picture. Okay. It's um, it's a fuzz pedal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fuzz pedal uh, put out by Jack White's Third Man Records. Ah, yes. And you're thinking, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a... Uh, <laughs> A pedal put out by a record company. Yep. So <laughs> I spelled this horribly wrong. Designed and built by Union Tube and Transistor in Vancouver. <laughs> Vancouver. Um, <laughs> Union Tube and Transistor makes a handful of other kind of neat pedals that have controls. Um, they're like fuzzy kind of wild pedals like that. But this, yeah, it doesn't have any knobs. It's got one button to engage it, and that's it. No output yeah. volume, no trim pots, nothing. Well, and it is kind of made to sound, make you sound like Jack White, I guess. Apparently, it's got a cool uh, look. Yeah, I like the I, design I, of this I pedal. I like the art. 
Um, they got a little plaque on the front, you know, kind of old school, all metal yeah, etched plaque with the with the serial number right on it. That's his whole style. That like yeah. golden era Detroit stuff. Yep. But it sounds, um, if you watch the demo there, it sounds really splatty and kind of octavey and really just mm. filthy, filthy fuzz. Wow. So when you get above the 12th fret, it does all that like squelchy ring mod type stuff. So no controls has yeah. me kind of, eh, I don't know. I think there's a time and a place for no controls and on pedals is not where I want. Well, a this lack is, of control, he I said think. he made the circuit for 16 saltines and I'm shaken. Hmm. Basically, he just made this circuit, and they were like, "Well, I bet somebody will give us three hundred and twenty-five dollars for it." So, one in stock. Do you think they? Do you think they started with more than one in stock? Man, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> this item ships free. Financing is available. So, I think it's cool if you're really into if you're really into Jack White or that sound that yeah. he's chasing, or if you just want a unique piece of gear. Or a collector, something like that. But for three hundred twenty-five bucks, I want to be able to like <laughs> change things about the pedal. Like it's what, a lot of money. To what spend was the, what for was the price on the Palisades? Two forty-nine. Wow! Oh, so for so, seventy-five bucks less, you could get a pedal with all the controls. with every control. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not a fuzz. It's not apples to apples. But anyway, I well, yeah, I, but my I point mean, is clear. You, you will get a lot more miles out of the Palisades than you will yeah, out of the Third Man Bumblebuzz sure. Fuzz. Yeah. So check it out. It sounds kind of neat. I think you can get that sound with other fuzz pedals that cost a lot less. Yeah. Yep. So, probably. Eh. Eh. Pretty close to it, anyway. Hey, you could just yeah. model it through the bias yeah, through thing, the positive grid. Yeah. Through, through through bias and. Screw it. Go problem, to town. Problem solved for like 20 bucks. Load up your Jack White patch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good for you, Jack White. Making money. Yeah. I closed yeah. that window. Me too. Yep. Next. PRS SE Bases. Hey, guess who just bought a PRS? Yeah, I saw that. Derek you showed, played it. De- yeah, that's right. We played, played your yeah. guitar. The SE line, uh, you're familiar with that. That's what I got. It's Mm -hmm. uh, made in Korea. They were introduced in 2001 because PRS is an American-built company up until then. and They're very, very expensive. They still are. Yeah. But the uh, SE line, great guitars, but way more affordable. So um, I've been reading a little bit about these. Some people say that they're kind of underpriced, which is great Mm -hmm. news, I think. Yeah. So, so I've, I've looked at these. Two, there's, yeah, there's two, and they basically seem to be a like a J bass kind of, you know, PRS's take on the J bass, and then the other yep. one is PRS's take on, uh, I guess, a Music Man. Oh, does, yeah, or, do, or a P bass. I mean, because the P bass pickup is a humbucker. Oh, is it the, that the long yeah. one or the? No, the P bass, the the offset. The offset. Oh, that's one pickup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. of course it would be. It's stupid. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. It's it's more Music Man-ish. The pickup that looks like a fist. Yeah. So it's got basically two of those kind of Music Man-style pickups. That's the Kingfisher and the Kestrel. Is that how you'd say that? Kestrel. Yeah, Kestrel is like, like a, a J-Bass. Um, yeah, a little more vintage spec. Basically, those are 
as far as I'm concerned, the two best, the two like best, coolest bases, base styles available. The J bass and the Music Man. Yeah, I think those are. Yeah, those are it. Like between those two. I, yeah, and I guess the P bass those... is fine, but I would take a J bass if I was buying a Fender, and uh, I love those Music Man Stingrays. Mm-hmm. So neat. Yeah. So the the Kestrel looks like uh, the the PRS double cut body. It's kind of that big, bigger. It's just a bigger version of that, mm-hmm. like uh, custom twenty four shape, basically. Yep. So double cut, uh, kind of more vintage style. Like I said, thirty four inch scale, twenty two frets, seven and a half inch radius. Which I don't know much about bases. I have a base downstairs, but I don't know the radius on it. Seven and a half seem kind of round for a base. Um, I bet my J base is pretty close to that. I think it's mine pretty is, round. Mine's a vintage spec. Yeah, it's a lot rounder than my guitar necks are. That's hmm. for sure. Uh, Alder body, five-piece maple neck with walnut strips, rosewood fingerboard. Pretty standard fair stuff. Uh, neck mm-hmm. through, which I think is really crazy for a oh, SE yeah. line Korean-made guitar. Like, this thing was sustained forever. Right. I mean, that, and that also, I guess, is an advantage over the fenders. Right. The, so. yeah, the bolt-on. I mean, it's a little different kind of uh, not that I Not that I've ever had a but, problem with a bolt-on, personally, but... Yeah. Right. Well, I I did, and I was able to replace my neck. Oh, I mean, I've never had a problem with a guitar that had a bolt-on, like oh yeah, yeah, sounding crappy because it has a bolt-on neck. Like, I, oh, I yeah, like it. Of course. So, uh, two passive single coil J bass style pickups. They're just kind of PRS versions of those pickups. Two volume uh, and a master tone. Hip shot bridge with uh, it gives you two string options, so you can go through the body, like through the back of the guitar, yep. or you can mount over the top, like through the. Through the back of the bridge, yeah, kind of like a stop the back tail. Of the saddles, yeah. So then the other one is the uh, the Kingfisher, which is a more modern style, like you said, the uh, Music Man ish kind of thing. Uh, the same thirty four inch scale, but this is twenty four frets, same seven and a half inch radius. Ash body, uh, same neck, five ply maple, walnut strips, rosewood fingerboard, and uh, passive PRS design humbuckers. Same controls, same bridge, same tuners, neck through. They're kind of you know similar where they are, where they can be to kind of save some money, I think. Yeah. In manufacturing. Basically, but, just uh, pickups being different, right? Or does this one have more pickups? Frets? In, yeah, the Kingfisher's a twenty-four fret. Yeah. But, but cool. I mean, I, you know, PRS. They've been kind of making bases here and there. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like in the uh, custom shop, or sorry, private reserve. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like whiskey. <laughs> uh, we don't talk about bases a lot, but the tone control loves bases too. Yeah. Oh, well, I talk about bases. I keep accidentally recording bass for all these pedals that I get from Pedal Genie, remember? True. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I should try bass, bass in into this thing. <laughs> oh, I haven't done it yet. Hey, speaking of which. Oh my God, is it time already? Yeah. <gasps> we don't have to. Well, yeah, we do. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Contractually you know obligated. <laughs> Go for it. Tell me about Pedal Genie, man. All right. Well, see, Pedal Genie is kind of like, uh, it's kind of like a Netflix for guitar pedals, right? So instead of DVDs and red screens, well, you just get pedals. Yeah, <laughs> like sent to your house. Sent to your house, yeah. You, so and you get to play them with your guitars and your your amps yeah. and your stuff. 
idiots watch videos demoing pedals. <laughs> Do you want to be an idiot? <laughs> I watch those. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Derek Heidemann, idiot. <laughs> Don't be a dummy like Derek. Go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and make a wish list. You can pick through the dozens and dozens and dozens of pedals from the dozens and dozens of manufacturers that they have available. Once you get at least 10 or 11, did we ever decide if it was 10 or 11? Tell you what. It's 10, I believe. Okay. If you, you're not, you're going to exceed yeah, 10. You're going to exceed 10. You're going to find so many seconds. pedals because <laughs> you're just going to be popping them onto your wish list. There's no problem. There's no problem. So you get your wish list and then your mouth will be watering and you'll be, you know, you'll be unable to contain yourself. So you'll sign up, your account will go active. For the first month, it's only a dollar. Come on. I'm sorry. Say that again. It sounds like you said it's only a dollar. I said the first month is only a dollar. What? what? (laughs) (laughs) So they'll send you a pedal. There's no, you know, there's no return shipping or anything. Basically, you keep it as long as you want. There's you send it back in the uh, bag. There's going to be a, a mailing envelope. Uh, so just put it back in the same box, put the box back in the mailing envelope. They're going to, you print out a label, slap it on there and shove it in your mailbox. It fits in your mailbox. Mm-hmm. You send it back yep. uh, with no shipping charge to you and they'll send you the next pedal on your list. So uh, first month's only a buck after that, thirty four ninety five a month. It's, it's a good deal. Uh, and t- there's an, oh, oh, I see here, Pedal Genie Pro. What? Yes, this is this is the stuff I wanted to tell you about. All so, right. Pedal Genie Pro, it's brand new. Three pedals at a time. So you get three pedals in your mailbox. That's not what's going to fit in your mailbox. No, no, I guess it's not. Well, they, <laughs> they're probably separate shipments, right? You have three out, you can send them back individually. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I'm that's how sure. Netflix would do it. That's true. Yeah, yeah, probably. But that must cost $90 a month. You are so wrong. Oh my god. How wrong am I? <laughs> 59.95 a month. What a value. <laughs> if I man, if like if I was going to totally redo my pedal board, like completely start from scratch, this would be really tempting to me. Cuz you could get three really different types of pedals and see how they work together or you could get three different distortion pedals and AB them, ABC oh, them all right there, you know. That would be it, right? Like you have to buy a new yeah. distortion pedal. You get like you find your top you get, three list, get them all in at the same time. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> man, oh man! Man, oh man! So and get this: more good news. Uh oh! If you find, I can hold on. Hold on, in, hold on. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm holding on, <laughs> holding on tight. If you if you get a pedal from Pedal Genie that you really decided you cannot live without, you can keep it. You can contact them and they will give you a buyout price based on what pedal it is and how long you've been a member. Wow. Wicked. Yeah. So if I said to you, Justin, I have to have this mini Moog ring mod, which is not true. (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadowing. I could could call up Pedal Genie and say, guys, let's make a deal. And that's it. You just hang on to it. Wow. Because they've got your credit card number. They charge you right there and you get to keep it. You don't have to send it back and get a new one. You have it already. Awesome. 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 That's awesome. That's wild. That's wild. So okay. what what did you have since we last talked? Oh, so first while you were away, I had the Cattle and Bread Dirty Little Secret Mark oh, yeah. 3. 
which was really fun. Really cool pedal. And it's it's one of those, like, this is a Marshall in a pedal form. Mm-hmm. And it's the third of that type of pedal I've had from Pedal Genie. So the first was the SL Drive, then the Box of Rock, and now the Catalan Bread. Mm-hmm. And between those three, I think the Catalan Bread is the most versatile. So okay. the SL Drive had a huge amount of gain, and it was really, like, it's it was really good, a really saturated, it like good a, pedal. It was like a two-knob thing. It was like a volume and level kind yeah. of thing. And it had the dip switches to make it sound like a super bass or whatever else, yeah. you know, 6 dB boost, which is cool and everything. And I, I would have been, if I had to buy that pedal, I'd be really happy with it. Oh, yeah. But the Catalan Bread also does the super lead thing, or the JCM 800 thing, the uh, and the super bass mode, mm-hmm. just like the SL Drive. And... It's got a three-band DQ. Oh, so you can so you've really got, tailor it. So you can really tune it up how just how you like. I think out of the box, everything at noon, it was a little more scoopy than mm-hmm. the SL drive. But really cool. It it took my little Valve Junior amp and completely transformed it. Like I was not expecting it to sound so different. It was awesome. Great. I, w- I would definitely consider getting it. Um, I d- unfortunately didn't have time to try it in the... Uh, in any of the other modes, so I was just in the default, I guess, uh, super lead mode because mm-hmm. I was moving and it was crazy. Yeah, but you know, you could really you could scoop it hard using the EQ mm-hmm. if you wanted, or you could kind of use it as a boost. It was really rich sounding, nice overdrive. Um, and it, what's interesting is even just on the face of the pedal, the, the two like output level and drive knobs were labeled pre or like preamp and master, which is something you would see on an amp. Right, And it kind of, like, I know what these knobs are doing to the pedal. It's basically gain and output level. Yeah. But it kind of changes how you think about the pedal. Because you could set up very low preamp and then crank the master and get a really different type of drive than if you cranked the pre and lowered the master. Which is, you know, your one-way ticket to over, like, crazy drive town. (laughs) Crazy drive town. Crazy drive town. Choo-choo, we're coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That sounds really great. Yeah, it was, it was good. It, nice, nice small pedal, well-built. Catalan Bread makes cool pedals. Mm. I liked it a lot. I, I haven't would, got to I try any one. of those yet. Yeah, that was cool. And now I have, as I just mentioned, the MF Ring by Moog, the yes. Mini Fugger. This is from that line of mini pedals that we talked about yeah. uh, several mini- episodes ago. Mini only for Moog. Right. Like, mini, this mini is a normal Moog's size regular, pedal. <laughs> Moog's normal pedals from back in the day were giant. Right. They still are. I mean, yep. this is no small pedal, but it's it's cool. So it's a ring mod, and I have a ring mod now. Um, I have the somewhat sought-after DOD calculator. Uh, send send your buyout requests to yeah. <laughs> tonecontrolshow at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Every man has his price, folks. Let him have it. That's true, uh, especially because it's not on my pedal board right now. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try really hard to. I haven't done a demo for this yet for this episode, but I'm gonna try really hard tomorrow to AB the two. Uh, so this is interesting. It's got three knobs. Mm-hmm. It's got tone, mix, and frequency. And the calculator is a is a four knob situation, but two of them are for distortion. Right. So, so it's a distortion pedal with a ring mod, yeah, basically, which which is just t- 
totally filthy. So this is just a ring mod, which you can drive before or after or whatever, like any other pedal. But yeah. um, the, the tone knob, I noticed, is really not as uh, dramatic as I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of change. So, not a lot. Uh, and it's not the, the ring mod is not the kind of pedal where I think, man, I wish this was a little brighter. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so, but the mix is kind of what makes this pedal great, I think, because you can dial in just a little bit of junk in the background yeah. of your signal, uh, or you can make it 100% wet and have it be just off. <laughs> totally the wall. unmusical noise. Well, the, that's the unmusical thing is is kind of interesting because there is a frequency knob that you can tune to your right. key. So is so that if what you're the like, expression pedal is going to operate? Right. So there's there's output, input, and expression input. Uh, ah. Standard 9-volt DC on the top also. Right. So, yeah, the expression control, I don't have a proper expression pedal to try this with, but um, this will, the expression will change the pitch of the pedal. And, like, my gonculator is tuned to a B-flat full stop. Like, it's just at B-flat. Yep. All the time. And like if you're not familiar with ring mods and and you think like I'm sounding ridiculous, it is kind of ridiculous because like a pedal isn't really something that has a pitch, really, if you think about it. Yeah. But this this does <laughs> and it sweeps through like I think like two or two and a half, three octaves. So you can kind of ring it really low and kind of have like a sub octave feel. Hmm. Or you can go really, really high and get like that Octavia sound almost. Sure. Pretty interesting. I like the mix because you can like still hear your guitar through it and you can hear it clash when you when you change chords and you're out of the, the pitch you tuned it to. Yeah. Um, but it's not so bad where you're like, uh, I can't really even tell what I'm playing anymore. You, right, and you still right. get your the tone of your guitar. Yeah, that's and, the trouble um, with ring mods is they it's too much effect sometimes. Like it's it's kind of yeah. like an effect that, that you use just to destroy your signal for a second. Exactly. Uh, it's a very stylistic choice, I think. Um, it, but this is the most versatile option that I've seen. Mm-hmm. In certain settings, it does sound very bell-like, very mm-hmm. ringy. I th- you know, the sound that they were probably going for when they stumbled across this crazy-ass pedal. Right. Uh, but otherwise, it's totally, it's a total wackadoo thing. <laughs> I'm sending it back tomorrow, um, tomorrow or the next day. i glad I tried it. Wouldn't buy it. TLDR wouldn't buy it. <laughs> yeah, partly are... maybe because I own the gonculator, but I mean, I just don't play the kind of music that calls for a ring mod, really. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a little tough to use. There's there's other pedals in the mini mini Moog. Is that what they're calling them? Mini Yeah, Moog they've got series. like a. I've also got on my list their booster and their analog delay. That booster that had like out. a wah circuit in it. I think that's the the standard distortion. Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. the one I want to try out. So 
I have the same pedal here that I had the last time we were talking about it because I've been gone <laughs> in Europe for a few weeks, so I hadn't had a chance to do anything with it. But that's all right because there's no late fees with Pedal Genie. So I've got the Bit Commander from Earthquaker Devices, and it is, contrary to what it might say on the tin, uh, <laughs> not anything to do with bits. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it's going to be like a bit crusher or something, like a resampler pedal. Um, it's not. It's an I mean, it, it helps you achieve that kind of sound. Though, it right? gets that style of sound. The thing is, like actual bit crushers, not that useful. If you look at it, like <laughs> it's a. If you actually like lower your bit depth to something really low, it's a way of kind of causing distortion during the low parts of your signal. If you think about it, right. So it's a yeah. it's a really strange, very digital sounding kind of distortion. It's not as good as you might think. This is a way of making your guitar sound kind of Nintendo-y and crazy, but you can mm. also take it a lot further. Basically what this... W- yeah, which is what people like say, oh, it sounds 8-bit. Yeah, or, it, it sounds yeah. 8-bit, I guess. Like if you, if you do it gently, it can sound a little bit 8-bit. Um, but really yeah. what it's doing is it's making... It's like a super-duper fuzz at first. Um, it's not a fully saturated one, but it totally squares off your waveform. Cool. So I think it does it by just clipping the waveform and then reamplifying it rather than amplifying mm-hmm. it into clipping um, because it doesn't okay. sound as saturated as like a regular fuzz would. Um, you can dial that up and dial some boost into it and, and get a little more of that. So basically you have a, a filter knob, which is like a tone, just a tone control, mm-hmm. and you have a level, that's your standard <laughs> output. Sorry, what does that knob do? <laughs> it's, a, it's a tone control. <clears throat> so, uh, so there's a level which is the output of the pedal, output volume mm-hmm. of the pedal. There's a knob that says bass. This is as close as you're going to get to a dry knob. It is your regular guitar signal just with the square wave applied. It's bass with an E. Yes, right. It's yeah. the bass tone, like it's like the right. first layer the of the cake. Basic tone, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, B-A-S-E, that's right. <laughs> I, guess right I, yeah. I guess the listener can't see what I'm looking at here. <laughs> um, so that is just your guitar with a square wave, like done, formed into a square wave. The, mm-hmm. Then you have a you have a down one octave and an up one octave knob, so you can bleed in. The up one octave is a transformer-based octave up, so it's basically just... Uh, flipping the bottom half of your waveform upside down and adding it back in the same way like a regular, like an octave fuzz would do it in an analog way. Then the other two knobs are octave down and sub, which is two octaves down. And those, it's using an analog pitch detection circuit and then synthesizing a sub octave, two sub octaves. So it's tracing at that? It, which which so, makes so it monophonic. Are, yeah, if you play more than one yeah. note into this thing with either of those knobs turned up, it's garbage. Like it just turns into a mess. <laughs> it just can't. It, if you do it, it, it literally can't even. It, it literally <laughs> can't even. And if you do that and let your guitar ring out when it starts to the sustain starts to trail off, it will start kind of switching. It'll start switching between the notes. Um, right, which one it's deciding to choose. Yeah. Yeah. So they That's, say in the directions that you know use it however you want. They say it will track best if you're using your neck pickup and it will tend to track mm-hmm. best above the seventh fret, which seems oh, to be true. I do kind of like the sound of it though when I switch it to my bridge pickup because it sounds kind of trashier. Um, but yeah. you can get a lot more sub frequencies out of it when you're using 
the neck pickup and it does track pitch better, a lot better. I also mm. found that it loves my compressor pedal. When I use my compressor oh, yeah, going into it, um, so that all my notes are the same volume, um, I get much better tracking and uh, I'm able to play it. It's very, very synthy sounding pedal. It's really cool and I actually really, really like it. Um, <laughs> this is well, you could keep it. I could. You could buy uh, it. I I am not allowed to buy things right now, but um, <laughs> holy cow, uh, I really like this. Like if I was, if I absolutely, if I was still playing in a band, like I would have to have this. Like this is a creative tool that I would want in my box. Um, yeah, I'm gonna record some some samples and and uh, we'll we'll plug them in here. You know, we'll plug in various samples uh, from these pedals. But uh, yeah. I've, try it with bass too. If you yeah, can. and I oh, haven't yeah. I haven't tried it with bass yet, so we'll see if if it's actually able to track. You see, above the seventh fret, it, it tracks pitch better, meaning it's kind of tuned to track pitch on higher yeah, notes. That's, that's a good point. So I'm expecting what, it might have trouble, but we'll see. We'll see. Might have trouble in a good way. Yeah. So that's the Bit Commander from Earthquaker. It's it's pretty rad. Full all all analog, <laughs> true bypass, all the normal stuff. You know, yeah. Earthquaker makes great stuff. Yep. Oh no, no battery. I believe and all Earthquaker stuff is powered power jack. I only. think you're right. Yeah, yeah. which I is fine. Fine. Oh, by I me. just saw, just saw the other day. Um, they just released two new pedals. They have like a a new reverb. I forget what it's called. Um, like a new like cavernous, very spacious delay reverb type thing. Yeah. Uh, with like lots of like shimmery early reflection type of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And a boost, like just a single knob booster. That's oh, they also had different a for them. exclusive thing for, they had an exclusive fuzz with Chicago Music Exchange. The cloven hoof. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a bar? <laughs> yeah, it does. And I've just hey. been ha- I've just been bumming around London for five days. Uh, so yes, that sounds <laughs> like a pub. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this pedal review segment, of course, is made possible by Pedal Genie and you can get in on the action by going to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and making a wish list of your own. Mm-hmm. So do it, man. Try out one pedal a month or three yeah. pedals a month. Oh. Or not not even a month. Try out three pedals at a time. Become a pro you, you, professional. You, you can get them and you can get new pedals as fast as you can send them back through the mail. So Ridiculous. somebody asked me just the other day like what the turnaround is on that and which I thought was a great question. Mm-hmm. I'm in New Hampshire and Pedal Genie's in Florida. It takes about, you know, USPS shipping here. So probably a week before I've got a new pedal. Yeah. I would say. So maybe five, five to seven days, depending on when you send it back, weekends, holidays, that kind of stuff. I think I have about the same. Yeah. They're using, they're using priority, I guess. So yeah, the flat rate, flat rate priority. So So I'm in Cincinnati. So they're, um, it's probably about the same distance. Yeah. But you know, if you're, Near Florida could be even faster. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really matter though. It's totally worth it. So mm-hmm. yeah, pedalgenie.com slash tone control. We thank them as always for their sponsorship. Yay. Oh man. Uh we're cool. we're we're getting up there in time and we've got stuff to do. So let's do it. Dr. Z therapy. Dr. Z. Man, what cool amps, huh? It's so cool. I I'd love to try one of these. This is a 35 watt. 6L6 based head, uh, quote, with the flavor of a low power tweed twin. Hmm. Yeah. 
This has the post-phase inverter master volume, which we talked about plenty of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, front panel has master, bass, mid, treble, and volume. 5AR4 rectifier tube. Uh, and they took elements from early Fender tweed amps and added that sort of Dr. Z thang. Okay. What exactly is the Dr. Z thang? That's a, I'm really not that happy you asked that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides that these are obviously like hand-wired, point-to-point, you know, uh Very amps. high quality. Yeah, high quality. Yeah. It's not printed circuit board. It's, it's um, what do you call them, post- it looks like he's just doing it with with rivets. You know, it's all hand hand wired. It's very clean. There's a picture of the inside of the amp here. Yeah, that's all well and good. I just don't. I I don't know what what the Doctor Z flavor is. Like if somebody says, "Oh, it's like a Fender sound," like I know what that is. I don't really know what a Doctor right. Z sound is. Besides that, it's a high end boutique amp. Right. Yeah. I unfortunately haven't spent any real quality time with the Doctor Z. Mm-hmm. When I see someone playing one, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, that's a Dr. Z. Like, but a lot of times they're they're one of these companies that are kind of like, oh, this is a Fender Tweed Twin clone, for example, yeah. or a Marshall, you know, uh 18 watt clone kind of thing. Sure. And they're really just kind of taking the best things of those amps and making them into current amps, I guess. And then right. you know, bringing them into the modern age a little bit. Um yeah. I mostly just added this because it's a new model from Dr. Z and they're not adding a ton of new gear right. very often. So it's cool. And it's just kind of, I don't think they do a lot of 606 based stuff. Um, don't quote me on that, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole like low power tweed twin thing is new for them, I think. So yeah, kind of neat. If you're looking for that sort of sound, this might be worth checking out. Um, I saw a price somewhere. It's Dr. Z is expensive, but they were one of the early kind of boutique builders, I think. Well, I bet it's awesome. Vintage tone for today. Oh, there's not there's not videos for this new one yet, but there's vi- videos for lots of other ones. They have a lot of different amps. Yeah. Cool. One of the original boutique builders. What up now? Dry Bell Vibe Machine. Last time we talked about that, uh, the Korg new vibe. Yeah. The, which was that, that, that two, univibe piece, thing with the yeah, crazy like, wave, like a yeah. two piece pedal with an expression attached to it and so on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is another univibe clone kind of thing, but this one is inside of a normal pedal sized enclosure. It's not a double wide with an expression pedal. It's got mm-hmm. like a standard single stomp size thing. So it's your very typical univibe, vibe, chorus sort of thing. It's got an original and a bright switch, intensity and speed knobs. And inside the pedal, there are two jumpers, like two little dip switches. One for an output buffer. Uh-huh. Uh, so it can kind of power the rest of your line. Uh, and then the other is, like you had mentioned earlier, the rotary speaker ramp simulation. So oh. when you have an expression pedal in this thing... With this off, it'll just be one-to-one with your expression pedal. So toe down is your sound, toe up is your other sound, and everywhere in between, like normal. Yeah. It's very one, like one-to-one like a right. wall would be. But if you have this this internal dip switch on... The rotary will lag, or the, the sort right. of effect so you will could just, lag. Right, so you could just slam it down from, from 
toe up to toe down and it'll like ramp it'll take its time to get there yeah kind of like the original leslie rotary speaker would right that is so cool to me (laughs) it is yeah that's right i mean rotary speaker pedals like i i don't really have a need for one but i the ones that have that slow fast switch and that take their time to ramp and Mm -hmm. you can change the the horn volume or the horn ramp speed versus the speaker speed it's like that's so cool to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. External trim pots for output level, overall depth range, and a symmetry and symmetry, which uh, changes the wave shape basically. Yeah. So you've got a lot of controls on this tiny little pedal, but a lot of them are trim pots on the inside that you can access through holes in the enclosure. Oh, well, that's kind of kind of cool. Yeah. So you can kind of just get in there with a the screwdriver and say, like, oh, I like my wave to be kind of this shape and you kind of set it, forget it sort of thing. Yeah. And you know, output level you're, you're kind of leaving as is on most pedals too. Right. On. So, uh, like I said, it takes a uh, expression pedal and you can, it's got like this crazy calibration mode, which will accept a five to a 250 K pot. So it'll work with any expression pedal you have. Cool. So you don't have to worry about having exactly the right one. Yeah. Right. What I was going to say is like all these pedals, they scream out for this device that I theorized, you know, many, many epi- episodes ago where it's going to be like a splitter ABY oh, kind of system one, for your one expression. expression pedal for, yeah. you know. you, need, you want one expression pedal on your board. Obviously you don't have room for six expression pedals with all these pedals. So you just mm-hmm. wire it to this expression pedal distribution hub. And you can have a few switches because maybe you want your delay on and you want to be sweeping the expression on one pedal without sweeping the expression on your delay or something like that. And so you can switch yeah. them off or you can leave them all on, you know. Oh, man, that would get messy. <laughs> I guess, but how else do you do this? Anyway, I'm, I'm digressing. I know um, <laughs> Nose Pedal makes an expression pedal that is, um, it's got a switch like a wah does. And the switch toggles between two jacks, one uh, TS, one TRS. So you could use so you that can, for two separate outputs. So you right, could control so you could, two you pedals. You could click into that. one pedal or into the other. Yeah. You couldn't do both, unfortunately, but you could you could swap between the two, which is kind of yeah. that's a cool solution, I think, also. Who knows if you'd if you'd ever find the the a real reason to have it go to two pedals at the same time. That might get super weird, but um, it might, but I mean, it's something like if you wanted to control like the repeats on your delay at the same time and, as the speed of your tremolo. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Imagine what that would be. <laughs> that would actually be awesome. If you could get like, them to, to, yeah. to be synced up reasonably well, right? Or you could, you could put them on a, a MIDI clock together. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, oh, did you see that that thing I posted a few like uh, the week before you went away? I don't know. Uh, pedal board sized MIDI clock. Oh, oh yeah, did, yeah, did yeah. I do that? remember that. It's like you can dial it in or tap tempo, and it'll sync all of your MIDI pedals together. Yeah. Oh, the devices. Awesome. This is like I guess all the guys in Tool need this stuff that I'm theorizing, <laughs> right? <laughs> and nobody else. Uh, so the Drybell Vibe Machine is $295. It's kind of expensive. You know, yeah. It's up there for a pedal. But keep in mind, the Korg uh, New Vibe was $500. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and what's a real Univibe if you find one? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, Reverb would have it, I'm sure. But 
Uh, I know Pro Guitar Shop did a demo. I think they they tend to only demo stuff they have in stock or can get. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a link to it in the show notes. Sounds great. It's like I, I, I wouldn't want that bigger, more expensive pedal. The the for, Korg I mean, one, yeah. The Korg one. I mean, you get that cool like graphic waveform thing, mm-hmm. but I'm that's also like a set it. Maybe you have a few other ways you could shape it to have fun with. But yeah. as, a, as a real like practicing guitar player, I think you would. Find a setting you like and, and leave it. Yeah, yeah. You'd get a good sweet spot. Hey, that's it Ooh. for news. So, hey, wow, a marathon run. Yeah, Boom. done. What, what what is this here at the bottom of my note sheet? This here at the oh, you highlighted it. it's in pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google Drive. Uh, <laughs> All right, fourth wall, Derek. A uh, question from what? Huh? Huh? Fourth wall. We're breaking down the fourth wall. <laughs> Revealing our secrets. <laughs> Cut all this out. Hello, listener. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get a bell. I need to buy a bell. Uh, <laughs> uh, just haven't bothered yet. All right. Yeah. So uh, our buddy at BR Metal Fan, Brian Rizzi, I think I'm saying that right? Rizzi? Uh, I'll go with Rizzi. Al- he, he asks and he writes. Uh, you always hear, he, he got to us on Twitter, by the way, at the Tone Control. Uh, he fiddles always hear in guitars, Twitter? Uh, multiple messages. Oh, but. he's a cheater. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I read it. <laughs> okay, here we go. You always hear of guitars of a certain year uh, or pedals slash amps that are more desirable because of they were made uh, between a certain date range. Do you think anything out now fits the bill? What, if anything, in 2014 is the equivalent of a 58 Les Paul or an early 90s rectifier? Mm. I have, as I mentioned to him, uh, I mentioned this to him on Twitter. I've wondered this a lot because <laughs> I, I have, my Strat is a 2001, which is not like, it's not the glory years of Fender. It's not like some old guitar, mm-hmm. but, you know, 2001 it's it's showing its age now. Yeah. And it's the, they have changed the design of the guitar a little bit since then and it's definitely not a modern model anymore. And it's kind of crossed my mind like man, am I I'm going to own that guitar forever most likely and will it suddenly be like oh man, that guy's got a 2001 Strat. Yeah. Probably probably not. I have no idea cuz I there are a dime a dozen. Well, here's the other thing. The the 58 Les Paul is the 59 Les Paul crappy? No. Is the 60 Les Paul crappy? No. Okay. I, well, I mean, I know, no, I know <laughs> what he's saying here, though. He means like such as a 58, 59, 60 Les Paul, for example, or even like a 57 Les Paul or a right. 52 Tele. That's what I'm like, saying. Anything these... that's that old is going to have this mystique to it. Right. And so right, maybe some like, years had better parts or whatever, and they stumbled onto a glorious design, and then they changed it, and maybe that design didn't age quite as well but they are going to become antiques something like the les paul which did not succeed when it was first launched yeah like they stopped making it for many years and then Mm. it became super popular 10 or 15 years later and they started building it again and you know the sg was called the les paul for a long time and Hmm. les paul didn't like that very much so they (laughs) changed the name so um but like the 59 is the holy grail of guitars allegedly you know they're out there it's less than a, a thousand of them made or something ridiculous they yeah. go for half a million dollars at, you know, but part of that is the rarity like, it doesn't mean that it's a great instrument 
Right. Well, yeah, except they also are great instruments. Yeah. And I guess, well, I guess his question <laughs> is they're more desirable because they were made in a certain date range, which is like one that only a thousand or two thousand was made. So I guess that makes sense. I think though, the thing about the certain date range is like those date ranges that you hear about all the time, like the 57 Strat or the 59 Jazzmaster, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, 59 Les Paul, those years were majorly uh, like transformative years for those companies and for those guitars. Yeah. So a 58 Les Paul is, you know, pretty dramatically different than a 59, which is dramatically different than a 60. Yeah. Hmm. And there, between those years, like 2012 Fender Strats were not different enough from 2014 Fender Strats, I think, to for them to be rare someday. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Also, probably too many were made. <laughs> That too, yeah. I mean, they just, they're making more guitars now than they did back then. Right. And now, like, those guitars were built by hand, and now everything yeah, is CNC'd. That's, that's a big thing, yeah. That's a huge thing. And, and well, the, it's, the, it's certainly not going to be the relic, like, custom shop things nowadays. Like, I, right. Yeah, I, I went There's to. There's a reissue. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I went to, when I was in London, we went down to this, the, the street where all the famous music shops are, and we stopped into a few of them. There's there's actually some pictures I should put in the Dropbox so you can mm. put on the site or something. But Oh, yeah. That, that would be cool. Um, One of the places I stopped into was Regent Sound Studios, which back in the day was a small, shitty <laughs> recording studio where. The Rolling Stones and Black Sabbath and all kinds of people recorded mm-hmm. like their early albums. And it was this little, you know, shithole place. And now, now it's, <laughs> it's, the building is still there. It's now a, um, now a music shop. It's a, actually a Fender. It's the, I think it's the only licensed Fender shop in London or maybe in England. Oh, wow. Um, no kidding. Yeah. But they, so they have a, I took a pic, I took pictures of, uh, some, some cool guitars that they had in there, some old oldies and goodies. Um, but all the, all the other high ticket stuff was this like relic reissued. Like it has this certification on it. Yeah. And I the, the custom shop, right. I can't believe that when those are 40 years old, when they came relic from the factory, that it's going to be like cool that they're 40 years old. Like, what is that? Now they're they're trying to send them from the yeah. factory looking like they're already 40 years old. So what what is that going to do? Yeah, I remember when they started doing that and I was like, "Come on, Fender, like cut it out." It's still <laughs> happening. It's and, all and, over but, the well, place. The only good news about it is they've gotten a lot better at doing it. Mm. And a lot of times now it's a little harder to tell. Early on they had the Roadworn series which it was like you just kind of like sanded the paint down like it, but it, but it was like real. it was like the same all the time, right? Like the paint right, was yeah. worn off in the exact same spots because it was a factory done thing. And now the custom shop ones are relic by hand, which, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they do it. They do a cool job at it, I guess. And a friend of mine at work has a, a Nash Telecaster that has a, a heavy relic job mm-hmm. and it looks awesome. Yeah, and it's a cool look. That's all it is. It's look. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but in 40 years, like, what's it going to look like? It does it Does it look 80 years old or what? Like, I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. get it. <laughs> what is going to happen yeah, I, to these guitars? Uh, but also like the custom models, like the artist models that are a scratch for scratch replica. Yeah. That's kind of neat if you're a collector or something, but 
I don't want to own Stevie Ray Vaughan's Strat with all of his scratches on it. I want to own my Strat with all my scratches on it. As weird as as lame as that sounds, but like no, that's not lame you know, at all. I'm, you want to I'm, put your own scratches in your guitar. I'm careful with my guitars because I'm not a maniac. But at the same time, like they get banged up, and that's okay. Yeah, they get a little but, belt so rash we, on them. Yeah, we we've kind of gotten off <laughs> off the question a little bit, but like I think if anything, as far as date range goes. Is going is going to like become rare or become valuable someday? I think it's pedals. Yeah, I think there are certain pedals because they tend to go through faster versions and and more changes more rapidly. I think or become into Especially existence with, and then get discontinued. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the Gonculator. Yeah, like that was made for a number of years and then it wasn't, and it didn't sound better then. It doesn't sound better now. It's just really hard to find. Right. Right. Like and I, it was made famous on, you know, a few Incubus albums and it kind of has that cult following because of that sort of thing. Yeah. So I, I have this Effectrode pedal here that, I mean, that's a small shop making super high end pedals. And yeah. they're like, this pedal is made, all of his pedals actually are made in batches. Like he'll do a batch of the vibe or whatever. And he did. Yeah. You know, he did a tube drive batch. Uh, I got one a few years ago, and then just this past year, he did another batch. And he made a small change to it, too. I think he put a different switch on it. Um, yeah. But I saw him posting on Facebook, like, he had a little bit of trouble sourcing the black chicken head knobs that he yeah. had used on... I read that. He wanted Bakelite, and they, you couldn't get it anymore or something. Yeah, like, so he had to get different <laughs> chicken head knobs for the new version. So... I have one with the original chicken head knobs and without yeah. whatever that new, I, I don't remember what the new switch was. So <laughs> does that make that pedal inherently like more valuable? Yeah. I don't know. Like, like in a few years, what's it going to be like? I mean, already because they come in batches and they sell out like almost instantly, there's usually yeah. a waiting list. So already they turn up on eBay and they sell for more than sticker price. And they're not, right. I mean, they're not, you know, strictly out of production yet. It's only, or they, if they are out of production, they've only been out of production for a year and he might do another batch next year. Yeah. But, um, but think about like in 50 years when he's not making pedals anymore right. is in, in a company who knows if that company will live on, there's no way to tell, mm-hmm. but like it, it could go a number of ways. If it becomes this huge company, it, it could be like, oh man, those early effect roads are so hard to find and they're so much better because they're older, they're original, right. they're, built differently or if it becomes this company that like you know doesn't stand the test of time and they become sort of this kind of like a rumored thing almost like have you heard of the effectrode oh almost no one has one anymore Mm. like like almost like the clon overdrive like that guy's still around and he's still making pedals and those overdrives sell for two or three thousand dollars on the market used yeah well he uh brian mentions the 90s rectifier I would not have been able to tell you which rectifiers were the cool rectifiers. He says I think 90s, if I was into, so I trust him, but I have no idea. I think if I was more into Mesa, I would know that. I just had read something not too long ago about a certain serial number range that was that had a different something but, something different in the in the circuit that made huh. it better. And and it's not or, or be, not better, but like it just made it, it made it different. That's what yeah. was different in in why people wanted it. Those things happen. Sometimes there's a, a a run on a particular part and the factory swaps out a part. Sometimes that's how these things happen. You know, they might have been guitars yeah, it, came out with different tone caps one year because you know, a, a mine collapsed somewhere and they couldn't get the mica 
or whatever to make the, right. the one that they right. usually use. So they used some other kind of capacitor and suddenly the, you know, the 2014 strats are all going to have a different sound. Right. And according to the factory and at least to Fender, it might not be a different enough sound for them to market. Right. It and so people be... might discover it later. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I just found out that the, the 2014 strats had this crazy different thing. No wonder in, in I love circuits. my 2014 and... strats so much. Right. No wonder it sounds different. I got to buy them all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, I think it's more likely to happen with pedals because I just think there's more frequently new pedal designs and new pedal companies out there. The new day. companies, right. Exactly. There's so many boutiques that are popping up doing these amazingly creative things or uh, mm. doing old copy, you know, copies of stuff and doing their own take on something. Yeah. Cop- like Klon clones, for example. No one's going to buy a $3,000 overdrive pedal. No, but somebody's going to stumble onto a copy of the circuit or, a, you know, their take. I, sh- I shouldn't say a copy, right? I'm going to get us in trouble on yeah. Reddit again, but the, the, <laughs> their take on a particular circuit and they're going to, again, they're going to find a, a component set that just works that people yeah. like. And you kind of get into it like, well, yeah, it's a clone clone, but it's not a clone. Like you kind of get this <laughs> asterisk over it. Yeah. Which I, I tend to not really care about all the time. Cause a lot of times the, the recreation pedals can be better for many reasons. Mm-hmm. Like the, the fuzz face reissue. It's still a fuzz face. Like reliability. But guess what? It takes a power jack now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what'll be interesting is is PRS has only been around since the '80s, so like oh, as yeah. far as the big names of guitars go, they're kind of new. Uh, and you know, '80s models PRSs they they have that rare thing and they're hard to find and they're expensive. But a, a guitar from 1987 is not vintage yet. I think. I mean, what's the what's the cutoff? <laughs> is, is is there a definition for vintage? I mean, I don't know. Is like, an like antique range, supposed to be 25 years? For a car, yeah. <laughs> I think it's 100 years for everything else. Um, but I also, like, the 50s were, like, those were the first years of the electric guitar, as we know it. Yeah. And I think right. that's kind of what makes these things so much, not more important, but, like, well, mm. but makes them so much more unique and rare and important to collectors, and, and they have this thing about them. Like a 52 Tele, there's nothing like it because yeah. it was the first of its kind. And there's nothing like it for a number of reasons. Right. Well, I'll tell you They're what. Make how, them like they used to. How about, uh, I guess I guess then my money's going down on the Electroharmonics B9. <laughs> See you in 40 years, B9. You're going to be a, a rare gem. <laughs> you know, they make a bunch of weird pedals. Like Even like companies like EQD, like if they... If something doesn't sell very well for a couple of years, like they'll be out there. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is there anything else you want to say on that? I guess our answer is I don't know, man. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't say like oh man, the Fender Strats from ninety to ninety five are really going to be great someday. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's what he's after, but. I think this is a really interesting. I know what he's after. He wants to know. Discussion. He wants to know which. He wants to know if his '90s rectifier is going to be worth a million dollars. <laughs> well, no, he already knows his '90s. The '90s rectifiers yeah, yeah. are great. He wants to know what the next thing is, so he can buy two of them and put them in his rack. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know. I, I look at my gear and I'm like, maybe someday. I don't know. 
But it's just it's it's all everything is so abundant. You now. just gotta it's, hope it's the stuff you kept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's dangerous selling guitars. That's part of the reason I have such a hard time getting rid of gear. Yeah. It's like, well, what if it's the what if I want it someday? Right. Not the what if I want another strat someday. It's what if I want that strat someday. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. All right. We got to we, we could talk about this forever. <laughs> as we clearly we have begged already. for questions for so long. Now that we get questions, they take up all of our show. We're like, I, know. I gotta well, we stop with long, the questions, a of, people. A lot of news between the, the last few episodes. So. All right. So let's try not to take a three week break again. <laughs> so what are we doing? Let's let's throw Pedal Genie a little love. Yeah, this episode of the Tone Control is, as always, brought to you by Pedal Genie. Head to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and sign up for just a buck. All your pedal wishes granted. Did I sound excited bitch. when I said it? I almost said <laughs> bitch too. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's gonna about do it for us. Everybody, do they know the website? What's the website? Tonecontrolshow.com. I haven't said this in a while. I'm like really hesitant <laughs> about it now. <laughs> where, where, where can they email us? Tonecontrolshow at gmail.com. Oh, that's great. What about on Twitter? What if they wanted to follow us on Twitter? They're, they would be in luck because we're uh, at the Tone Control. Really? Wow. Uh, is, is, what if they hate Twitter, though, and they just want to use Facebook? Uh, Facebook.com slash the Tone Control. <laughs> Do you just look it up real quick? I just updated our cover photo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> it was a long pause there. Well, that's it for me. Oh, by the way, I'm Justin, and that's Derek. End of the show. That's all right. Hey. <laughs> you know what? I don't think you need to you know, know our we said names. This, we, said last time that, <laughs> we said last time that we would like talk about why we do the show and stuff, but I think maybe we should do that next time. Yeah. Because well, it's... We're going to keep kicking it down the road until we don't have a lot of news or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Because we, we just don't have time to fit it in, but that's all right. Maybe somebody will write in with a question, and then we'll have to do it. Who, who are you? Yeah, do it up. Who is you? Who is you? Why should I listen to these goons? Yeah. I don't know. All right. Well, that was pretty right. good. I'll uh, I'll try to cut this episode down to size, yeah. and hopefully it won't be a, an epic haul for the listener. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got. Good good night, y'all. Yeah, but this is this is better. Yeah. <laughs> this is better discussion. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. See you. Everybody. Signing off.